the series, I don't know how long it'll take, maybe right now I've got about, I think, four weeks left, five weeks or so worth that are prepared, uh, or in development at least, on the topic of the will of God. Um, for years, for many years, I people would say, well, uh, what is God's will for my life? And I would always give the answer, well, that's not my place to tell you. You need to pray and get God's will for your life yourself. Um, and I found that that's not accurate completely, and I've had to change my position on this, um, because the Bible does tell us what God's will is. And if we're to preach the whole counsel of God, then we have to preach what His will is according to His Word. And I understand what we mean, and, and oftentimes when we use that statement, I, you know, what is God's will for my life, or how do I find God's will for my life, oftentimes what we really mean by that is, what is His specific plan for me? within His will. And I understand what we mean by that. So I, I'm not trying to, to be, you know, play semantics here as far as word, words, but uh, we don't often teach on the will of God and what the will of God is. A lot of times when we do deal with the topic of the will of God, we te- teach about how to find it, uh, what to do to have God show it to you. But the truth is, there's an awful lot of God's will that He gives us in His Word that we need to know. And once we know the will of God, then it is our Christian obligation to follow after it. If we're going to be pleasing to Him. And uh, so in First Thessalonians, and there's going to be a number of these uh, that we'll do. I think I've got at least four or five of them right now uh, where it specifically speaks of something being the will of God uh, in Scripture. And uh, we may find a few more yet before the study's over and uh, be doing some uh, further study on it. But uh, I want us to look at this again. I shared this verse to start it with last week, and we're going to launch from it again tonight uh, because it is the main premise of the first one we're going to be dealing with. First Thessalonians chapter number 5 and verse number 18. <coughs> Excuse me. The Bible says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. In everything... Give thanks. I gave you four things to kind of lay a foundation. I think three or four statements last week to lay a foundation. And uh, I'll give, uh, I think there were three of them. Uh, First of all, God wants you to know His will. God wants you to know His will. He's not trying to hide it from you. God doesn't play games. He's not in heaven uh, making it some kind of a, uh, you have to be some kind of detective to figure it out. God's desire is for you to know what His will is, what His heart is. And He has chosen to reveal the will that He wants us to know in His Word. Uh, There may be more to God's will that He's not chosen to to give us, but what we need to do is follow the will of God that we know to be given to us in Scripture. And uh, we ought to be yielded to doing that and, and submit our will to His will. The second thing I said is this. This will is found only in His Word, by the teaching and the authenticating work of the Holy Spirit as He illuminates that truth to us. So His will is found in His Word. That's the only place you're going to find it. And, of course, as the Holy Spirit does with all of Scripture, He's the one that authenticates it in our heart and helps us to know its truth and reveals it, gives illumination to it, helps us to understand it. And so the working of the Holy Spirit through the Word of God is where the will of God is found. You will not, and this is number three, you will not ever find God's will to be in contradiction with or absent from His Word. Uh, it's always going to be in complete agreement with His Word. Uh, 
you're not going to find God's will extra biblical. Uh, he doesn't give new revelation. So His will that He wants us to know, He has given to us in its entirety in His Word. And uh, very important that we understand this. It will never be in conflict or contradict His Word. If you ever come to a place where you say, well, I've prayed about this thing and uh, I believe this is God's will for me to do it, and it's in conflict with Scripture, you can rest assured that it's not God's will. It's not God's will. I uh, had a phone call today. I was talking to someone trying to help them with some things. And uh, they were asking if certain people would be saved. And I said, you know, the truth of the matter is, Jesus said in His ministry, He said, many will say in that day, not a few, not several, but many people will say in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in Thy name, and in Thy name cast out devils? And He'll say, depart from Me, I never knew you. Uh, it's not going to be a few. And by that, you know, we, we kind of expect those who defy God to not be saved. When we look around the world and we see that, we, we see, boy, this world, there's so many people that are lost because they don't acknowledge God. They don't. But, you know, the Bible tells us that there are going to be many that are very religious-minded that believe, maybe even the way the Apostle Paul did before he got saved, that he was really doing God. They were sincere. They, they thought they were doing God a favor. They thought they were doing God a work. And the Bible says there's going to be many of them that God's going to say, Depart from me, I never knew you. It is vitally important that we find God's will in His Word. In His Word. And uh, hopefully that will be a help to us. Now, we started dealing with some hindrances to this thankfulness last week. I gave you three of them and began to introduce the fourth one, and we kind of ran out of time. But first of all, you have to be saved. If you're going to be thankful and uh, the way that God wants us to, you're going to have to be saved. And I gave you Romans chapter number 1 and verse number 21 is the reference for that. Let's take a minute to look at these verses very quickly. I'm not going to reteach them, but I do want you to see them tonight. Romans chapter number 1, and uh, we'll look in verse number 1. Uh, I'm sorry, verse number 21, excuse me. <clears throat> the Bible says this, "...because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened." And again, speaking here of unsaved people, people that did not believe in the Lord, and they did not put their trust in Him. The Bible says that they were not thankful. And in order to be thankful, uh, we got to be saved. You can A saved person can always find at least one thing to be thankful for. I don't care how dark your life gets. If nothing else, you can thank God for your salvation. There's always something to be thankful for. And I'm talking about the darkest of days. You can be thankful. Alright, number two I gave you last week is those who doubt. Those that doubt. It's hard to be thankful when you doubt. Look at uh, Romans chapter 8. Very familiar passage of Scripture, verse number 28, Romans 8, 28. We can, many of you can quote it. <clears throat> and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. And uh, when you get to the place where you're doubting, uh, whether it be your salvation, whether it be uh, God's working in your life, it is difficult to be thankful very difficult to be thankful. We spent some time on that uh, last week. 
And then ignorance. We talked about ignorance. Uh, the uh, idea that ignorance will bring about a thankless spirit. Ephesians chapter number 5. We gave you that one. Ephesians chapter number 5. And um, verse number 14. Ephesians chapter 5. And verse number 14. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. And the ignorance of God's working in our life will cause us not to be thankful. Um, I'm amazed at how often I get to the end of my day, and I, if, I, if I don't stop and make it a point to think through what God did for me that day, there are many things that I find that God did for me that I did not look at and say, well, God did that. Uh, there are times, and uh, Jonathan and I will be going down the road, and God will do something. In fact, I had something like that happen uh, yesterday morning. Uh, had had something happen in the morning that was a real blessing, just a tremendous blessing. And by the afternoon, the need arose that that blessing was a help with. And I got as soon as it happened that well not only that morning we, we took some I told John I said God God's just amazing how he works and then the need came up yesterday afternoon the family had a need and I mean I just about came unglued and I told I got got done dealing with the, the issue and take helping try, try to help with that need and and I told Jonathan I said isn't it amazing to see how God works it's it's just it's phenomenal. But yet, oftentimes, we'll see something like this happen in our lives, and we'll just think that that was just coincidence. That just happened. No, no, that was God's blessing on our life. To be thankful for things. Jeremiah chapter 17, verses 5 through 10, we shared with you last week. Let's take a minute to look at that one. Also along this idea. And it talks about two different folks that are blind. Those that trust in themselves and in the strength of their arm, and then those that put their trust in the Lord. Look with me in verse 5. We'll read these. Thus saith the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man, and maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departeth from the Lord. For he shall be like the heath in the desert. Now the heath is a, is a little small bush over in the Middle East. Um, it's very similar to what would be considered a tumbleweed here in the United States. They don't lose their rooting quite as quickly as a tumbleweed does, but they're very surfacy. They spring up fast. They have shallow roots. They die quickly, and then they, they shrivel away. And so, yeah, that's what a heath, if you don't know what a heath is, that's what the heath is. And um, the Bible says, He shall be like a heath in the desert, and shall not see when good cometh. He's blind to it. He doesn't see the good. And, and you know, it's possible for a saved person to be in this, in this role right here. It's possible for a saved person to be trusting in the flesh and to not see when the good cometh. Notice he says this uh, in verse number 7. He says, Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord, and in his hope the Lord is. For he shall be as a tree, not, as, not a heath, but a, a tree, planted by the waters, that shall spread out her roots by the river, and shall not see when the heat cometh, or when heat cometh. So they're both blind. One of them is blind to the good. One of them is blind to that which is evil. They can only see the good. Which one are you? And which one am I? Uh, if this is the will of God, that we give thanks in all things, then we need to awake. We need to, we need to be alert. We need to be aware of God's working in our lives every day. 
Then last week we ended with this one, John chapter 3, verse number 27. John chapter 3, I think I just, just hit on it lightly and then we, we dismissed, uh, or I might have just given it to you. John chapter number 3 and verse number 27. back up uh, so we can get get an idea of the context of what's taking place here. Let's go to verse 22. After these things came Jesus and His disciples into the land of Judea, and there He tarried with them and baptized. And John also was baptizing in Anon uh, near Salem, uh, because there was much water there, and they came and were baptized. For John was not yet cast into prison. Then there arose a question between some of John's disciples and the Jews about purifying and when John said, and they came unto John and said unto him, Rabbi, he that was with thee beyond the Jordan, uh, to whom thou bearest witness, behold, the same baptizeth all men. Uh, am I in the right? Did I have the right verse? In 320, yes, 327. Oh, there we go. In verse 27. There we go. And John answered and said, A man can receive, notice this, nothing except it be given him from heaven. Jesus kind of spoke to this as well. He told His disciples, He said, Without Me, ye can do what? Nothing. And really, we think too highly of ourselves oftentimes, don't we? Anything that we are as a Christian, especially as a Christian, if there's any good that comes out of our life, it is strictly and solely 100% all glory and credit given to the Lord Jesus Christ. Because there was nothing good in us. Uh, look with me in John, uh, in, uh, John chapter 15, in verse number 5. John chapter 15. Jesus said it this way. He said, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do what? Nothing. Nothing. Whenever there is something in our lives of any good at all, we have something to be thankful for. Because God gave it to us. It came from above. It came from Him. If there's, if there's anything of, of value to our lives that we, we look at and we say, boy, I'm so thankful that God was able to use me in that area, we have to give thanks to God for it. It's not because of our good. It's not because of our merit. Because the truth is, none of us are anything without the Lord Jesus Christ. We really aren't. We're just an old sinner deserving hell. And I've, I've known people that have spent a lifetime building things in this world. And some of them have been very successful. Some of them made millions of dollars, billions of dollars, built empires that have profited people down through history as far as earthly things and on this side of heaven. But you know when the, the end comes and God judges the world, all of that is going to burn as wood and hay and stubble and is going to be of no value. What doth it profit a man, the Bible says, if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Oh, that we would learn to think with a humble spirit. Lord, thank You for what You've allowed my life to be. To, to, I, think it, I think it's very important, especially as Christians, to be grateful that God gives us the privilege to serve in our lives. To, to serve Him. To share the gospel with others. Folks, that's not... I, I understand we're commanded to do that. 
But do we understand that that is a great honor that God has allowed us to He took the most precious message, the most important message, the one that if it fails, men will die and go to hell over it. And He put it in our hands and said, I want you to take it to the whole world. What an honor. What a privilege. What a responsibility. But it all is because of Him. It's not because we deserved it. It's not because we were so great. I, uh, I've i shared before, oftentimes, and I was sharing with someone just the other day, I was going through some very, very dark, dark times in my life a few years ago. Very difficult time. So badly, I for about, a, about eight or nine months, I just wanted to shrivel up in a hole. I didn't want to be around anybody. I didn't want to talk to anybody. And uh, this was before I became pastor here, a year or so before that. And, uh, just just really going through a difficult time in my life. And I remember sitting at the house, uh, and I thought, Lord, after all that I have done, years of serving You, I gave up the church I pastored that I grew up in that I loved in Florida. I, I, I left the home that I built with my own hands, and I... I, I Broke, broke ties and, and came away from my mom and my family. And then this happens. And my, my question to God, I remember sitting there in my living room that night and saying, Lord, after all that I have done for You, why is this happening? I'm going to tell you, it didn't take but a split second before those thoughts even were in my mind. I thought, Lord, what am I saying? God doesn't owe me anything. If that's why we're doing what we're doing, then we're doing it for the wrong reason. And I told, I was sharing this with a fellow the other day, just Saturday night, last Saturday night, I had a family I was talking to, and I shared that with And I said, I would have, I would have never thought, I would have never thought that I had that level of pride in me until that thought came into my mind. I always thought I had a fairly humble spirit. I really did. And, and I, I wasn't like these folks that was proud about their humility. I just I always tried to be very mild, very humble spirit. And when that thought came in my mind, I thought, Lord, that must have been seated in my heart for a long time. As if I was doing Him some kind of a favor. As if God was, God was fortunate to have me, is really what I was saying by that. And I thought, how arrogant. I, I, I don't deserve anything, and God has given me everything. And if we get to serve the Lord, it's because He's given us the great honor and the great privilege to do it. Not because He owed it to us, not because, God, I'll tell you what, I'll do you a favor... And that's the way we feel sometimes, isn't it? When we get to the place where we say, I'm going, to, I'm going to surrender my life to Him, and boy, aren't you glad you got me now, Lord. You finally got me. I know you're rejoicing. And He is rejoicing. But not because He had to have you. But because you finally yielded your will to Him. Oh, may God deliver us from this mindset that we're doing God some kind of favor. God doesn't have to use us. He's chosen to.
And these folks that get up and say, well, God needed me. God had to have me. God came to me and said, I can't do it without you. The arrogance of that. The pride that comes in. And I would say this, that it is impossible to be thankful to God for what He's given you when all you're focused on is how much God ought to be thankful for you giving to Him. There needs to be a spirit of humility in order for you and I to be thankful. Then let's turn to Psalm 73. Psalm 73. Things that will hinder us from this will of God of being thankful in everything. And then if we have to, if time permits tonight, we'll give you some things that are on the positive side of it, things that will help us uh, to give thanks to Him or ways that we can give thanks to Him. And if not, we'll take a third week on this subject of thankfulness. It's a good subject, though, isn't it? It's needful. Psalm 73. Psalm 73. Truly, God is good to Israel, even to such as are of a clean heart. But as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped, for I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. You ever found yourself there? Well, I have. The psalmist said, Truly God is good to Israel. For those who are of a clean heart, but he said, My feet had my feet had well nigh slipped. They'd almost gone. I I've I almost got tripped up in this thing because I I got I got upset about this. It, it bothered me. I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked, for there are no bands in their death, but their strength is firm. They are not in trouble as other men, neither are they plagued like other men. Therefore pride compasseth them about as a chain. Violence covereth them as a garment. Their eyes stand out with fatness. They have more than a heart could wish. They are corrupt and speak wickedly concerning oppression. They speak loftily. They set their mouth against the heavens and their tongue walketh through the earth. Therefore, His people would return hither and waters of a full cup are wrung out to them. And they say, How doth God know? And is there knowledge in the Most High? They mock Him, in other words. Behold, these are ungodly. Notice this statement. Who prosper. And I think here's the key. In the world. They increase in riches. Verily, I have cleansed my heart in vain and washed my hands in innocency. For all the day long have I been plagued and chastened every morning. It sounds like David was feeling a little bit like I was the other when I was in that point. In vain I did all this. I did it all for nothing, I guess. Because well, I could have just been out here living like the wicked and been prosperous. And that's what he's saying here. For all the day long have I been plagued and chastened every morning. If I say I will speak thus, behold, I should offend against the generation of thy children. When I thought to know this, it was too painful for me. Until. I don't want you to miss verse 17. Until I went into the sanctuary of God. Then understood I therein. Surely thou didst set them in slippery places. 
casts them down into destruction. The power they brought into desolation is in a moment. They're utterly consumed with terrors. As a dream when one waketh, oh, so, so, O Lord, when Thou wakest, Thou shalt despise their image. It's easy, is it not? Become bitter. Maybe even a little bit angry, a little bit upset. And we can say that it's at them, but the truth is our bitterness really is pointed to God, isn't it? Lord, why? Why do You let them prosper? I'm living for You and I'm chastened every day. I don't have prosperity. My life isn't a bed of roses. We began to get bitter and we reflected and we say that it's bitter at them and the the sinners and those that are evil and those that are wicked. But the truth is we're bitter at God. It could be said very similar to what went through my mind that night. Lord, after all that I've done for You, has it all been in vain? Don't I deserve something for the sacrifices I have made? Again, how arrogant of us. How arrogant of us. I am thankful the Lord gives us His blessing out of His bounty and not out of our merit. I'm glad He gives us blessing because He's gracious, not because we've deserved it. I often say, and I know others say it too, when people ask me how I'm doing, oftentimes I'll say, way better than I deserve. My dad, years ago, he was preaching one day, and he said, every once in a while when he does a funeral, someone will say, well, they went to their just reward. My dad said, not me. I'm glad that I don't go to my just reward when I die. I'm going to my gracious reward. God is a just God, but I've been forgiven. And I don't know that there's ever a time, well, let me rephrase that. I know that there is never a time that we are justified in having anger or bitterness towards God for anything He chooses to do in our life. I've seen people get to some of those darkest days and at the crossroads, if you will, of their life and a point, point of decision where they are either going to get bitter and angry at God and begin to struggle and kick against the pricks for the rest of their life, or they will turn to Him and cling to to Him as their only source of strength. And the only way that they'll be able to cope with the situation. And I've seen it go both ways, but sadly, I'll tell you this, I've seen it far more often go the way of bitterness and anger. I don't know how many doors I've knocked on over the years where people used to say, I used to go to church. I've knocked on several doors where I've had men say, I used to be a pastor. Where do you go to church now? Oh, I don't. What happened? Oh, I got hurt. I got hurt. You know what they were saying? They were saying, I got angry at God. I was looking around and seeing the wicked prosper, and my feet slipped. They slipped. The psalmist 
<clears throat> as he goes on down in verse 19, or verse number 20, and so I'm sorry, he says, As a dream, when one awakes, so, O Lord, when thou awakest, thou shalt despise their image. Thus my heart was grieved, and I was pricked in my reins. Well, I'm glad he had that conviction, aren't you? Whew. I'm thankful for the Holy Spirit's conviction, even though it's not pleasant. It is so needful, isn't it? So foolish was I and ignorant. I was as a beast before thee. Nevertheless, I am continually with thee. Thou hast holden me by thy right my right hand. Thou shalt guide me with thy counsel, and afterward receive me to glory. Tell me we don't have something to be thankful for. Whom have I in heaven but thee? And there is none upon earth that I desire besides thee. My flesh and my heart faileth, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. For lo, they that are far from thee shall perish. Thou hast destroyed all them that go a-whoring from thee. But it is good for me, notice this, to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord that I may, notice this, declare all thy works. You know what the psalmist was saying? Boy, I'm telling you, he said, I got convicted and I began to think of all that God does for me and the end of them and the end of me. And all I can do is give God the praise and the glory for it. Having anger and a bitter spirit will keep us from being thankful and will keep us from the will of God. Let's look at one more. We're going to have to take another week on this because I'm still only about halfway through my notes. Let's go to Colossians chapter 3. Now, this will be our last one tonight. Colossians chapter number 3. We're going to look at three passages of Scripture quickly. I'll give you the point and we'll move on. Colossians chapter 3, verse number 1. If ye then be risen with Christ. How many of you here tonight are risen with Christ? Alright, hope all of us are. Trust that Christ is your Savior, you've been risen with Christ. If we then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. I put down here number six. The pursuit of worldly pleasure will hinder our thankfulness. The pursuit of worldly pleasure will hinder our thankfulness. He says, set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. So we've been commanded to do this. Now let's look in 2 Timothy chapter number 4. 2 Timothy chapter number 4. Second Timothy chapter number 4. Verse number 8, Paul writing here, he says, let's go to verse 7, I have fought a good fight, I have finished my course, I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them that, notice this, love His appearing. Do thy diligence to come, unto me, come shortly unto me, for Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed unto Thessalonica, Cretans to Galatia, Titus to Dalmatia. 
There's a contrast here. Paul said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. And he speaks about the fact that God, being a righteous judge, is going to give him in that day. But then he contrasts that with Demas. He said, Demas hath forsaken me. Why? What was the reason for Demas' forsaking Paul? Because he what? He loved this present world. You see the importance of setting our affection on things above? It will help us to fight the good fight of faith. It will help us to keep on keeping on. Now look with me in 1 John chapter 2, and we'll finish this thought as we look at all three of these Scriptures in, in unison together. How they, uh, isn't it amazing how God's Word complements itself and, and, and constantly undergirds itself? Look with me in 1 John chapter 2. Let's look in verse number 15. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. Pursuit of worldly pleasures will keep us from being thankful. Why? Because our eyes are in the wrong place. Our eyes are in the wrong place. I've got we've got, we've finished six points. I've got seven left, so I'm not going to make you sit here for another seven. Uh, let's go ahead and we'll we'll pick up there next Wednesday night. I don't I hate to drag these on, but folks, uh, there's some of this that in the world we live in, especially today. So vitally important, not only that we teach and preach on it for those that don't know, but it's vitally important that we also remind those that do. Because we, we quickly overlook some of these things. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And if that is God's will, we're going to see some things next week about how to accomplish this. So we started with things that will hinder it. But if we, want to, if we want to follow this will of God, to be thankful in everything, then we need to know what hinders it, and we need to know how to accomplish it. And we've dealt with how it hinders it. We've got one more to go on hindrances, and then I've got six points on things you can do to be thankful that the Bible gives us. And then we'll move on to the next topic, okay? I hope it will be a help to you. I really do. Folks, I, I want to do the will of God in my life, and I hope you do too. I believe you do. And, and I want to know it. I want to know what His will is. And I think the Bible is very clear about a lot of this, and we can know it. All right, let's stand together and we'll be dismissed. Father, once again, we come to You. We're thankful tonight for the privilege to be here. And You're working in our lives. We're thankful for this blessed book that You've so wondrously provided for us. We can hold in our hands.